Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Okay, this morning we're going to talk about having more of God. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, and um, someone said, what are we going to title this message today? And I'm like, okay, give it this name because it's really still connected with that. Because God's doing something right now, and He so desires us to yearn for more of Him. You see, God just doesn't come to a complacent heart. He doesn't come to somebody who doesn't want it. He comes to those who are hungry and thirsty. He desires for us to be hungry and thirsty. And so what I'm doing today, I'm tapping into something that I believe that God is saying right now. And if you're listening, I believe it's stirring up something in you and causing you to be hungry because that's what God is doing right now. He's putting a hunger in people for more of Him, more of His power. And He's putting a vision there because you can't just have a hunger for something. You've got to have a vision that you can have it. You might want something, but if you don't have any idea of how to get it, where to get it, or that it's even available, you're not going to do anything. But if you know that something is there, then that, that, is, that gives you vision for it. And if you have a hunger for it, then, then you've got something to go after and you know you can get it. I want to encourage you today because I know you can get it. I know there's more of God than what we've got right now, than what you've got right now. And wherever you are, whether that means you're not even walking with God or you've been walking with God for 40 years, God's got more for you and it is an exciting thing. And this is a wonderful time to enter into that more. Anyway, let me back up here and let's look in Psalm 110 verses 1 through 3. It says here, and by the way, this verse is the most quoted Old Testament verse in the New Testament. So it is a very powerful verse. What I'm getting ready to read here is quoted various times in the New Testament. Psalm 110, 1 through 3, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make you, your enemies your footstool. I love that picture. I see Jesus being seated at the right hand of the Father. And guess what's happening? His enemies are being put under His feet. And guess who His feet are? Guess who His feet are? We are His feet. Is that not right? And doesn't it say in Romans, I believe it's 1620 or something like that, that the, the, that the Lord is putting your enemies underneath your feet. Shortly it shall happen. There is something happening where the body of Christ is coming into a place of maturity and strength where we are walking in the fullness of God and what God has called us to do. You see, there's been a mindset that all we're supposed to do is get saved. And the Word of God teaches us, no, it's much bigger than that. You're going to get saved. You're going to get matured. You're going to be conformed to the image of Christ. You're going to think differently, act differently, and I'm going to use you to bring the glory of God into the earth. I'm going to use you to bring the power of God to the earth. And the Holy Ghost is going to increase in presence because He's going to be in you and He's going to be working through you in fullness, you see. And we have to begin to get this God-called church mindset inside of us to make it become a reality. The devil has blinded even the church too long where we don't run after these things. We don't desire these things. And because we don't have that great vision of what we have in God, we're looking for some other kind of little vision. Oh, this little business or oh, that. God gives us little visions like that, but they're a part of the bigger vision. You see, we all need to be motivated by the big vision of life to know God, to fulfill His purpose in life, and to bring His glory and His kingdom into the earth. There is no other greater thing that you should be excited about. That is the thing, amen? That is the thing we're made for. That's what God saved us for. That, in other words, that's why we're still here, to grow, to mature, to carry the glory of God with us. I hope you're not connected with some kind of lesser purpose in life, particularly if you're saved. This is the thing. This is what you're here for. You know, and if you're, if you're pursuing something else primarily, you need to get your mind straight because you're wasting your life. Now, anyway, he goes on and he says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And then it says, The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, which theologians believe Zion is a reference to the people of God, the church, so he said, 
God is going to send the rod, the authority of his power out of his people, the church. Man, that is so powerful to me. God says, you know, sit here, Lord Jesus, until I make your enemies your footstool. And then he goes, God's going to send the rod of his power through his church, not through his dead church, not through his distracted church, through his dedicated church that's full of God and full of power and the Holy Spirit. Man, I just love that. You know something? Church ought to be so amazingly powerful where every time we get together, we are so filled with God. We don't know what's going to happen. God might move and do anything. I mean, you just never know. That's the way church ought to be. And yes, we go through times of difficulty, resistance, things that come against us to try to weigh us down. But every time we press through that in faith, guess what happens? More of God is there. Because in pressing through that thing that's been there, all we did was get stronger and prepare ourselves for a greater outpouring. And I'll tell you, that's where many people have been. They've been waiting, anticipating, expecting, looking forward to that which is getting ready to come. There are many of us on the inside of us. We've had the testimony. Something is going to happen. Something's going to happen. God's got something great that's going to happen in your lifetime. Man, I have felt that many times over many years. And I just want to say it is an amazing new day in this hour. (laughs) And if you haven't recognized that, you're just, I mean, you're in for a wonderful surprise because God's doing something new right now. It's a new season in God. And you need to connect to that and disconnect from whatever else is distracting your mind about all that's going on in the world. God's got something so much bigger, so much better, so much more powerful. Man, I'm excited about it. I just uh, don't even know what to do with myself. I mean, I'm, I'm excited in, in with all that God's doing right now. Okay. So he goes, he goes, man, Jesus, sit right there. I'm going to make your enemies your footstool. I'm going to send the rod of power out of your people, out of the church, out of the saints, out of the ones on fire for God. And then he says, your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. They're going to go, I'll go, God. I'll do it. The ones who are so willing, ready, God says, when that power is poured out, they're going to be so ready to go. They're going to be they're going to be volunteers. They'll do anything, go anywhere, do whatever God wants them to be, do whatever he wants them to do. Man, don't you just want to be that? I want to just say, all the stuff of this life, it's nothing. It's nothing. You can't take it with you. It's nothing. What is important is to walk with God, to have the glory of God, to have the power of God in your life, to know him. He will always take care of us and bless us. But he doesn't want that to be the focus. When you make that the focus, there's no way he can be the focus any longer. Jesus is like, either I am the focus or I am not your focus. What is your focus? The only way Jesus is going to be bigger in your life is for him to be the thing about your life. It's got to be that way. Got to be that way. But I believe right now, you see, he said, people are going to be volunteers of the day of your power. When's the day of your power? It's when the Holy Spirit poured out, I believe. I certainly believe that's the day of God's power. And I believe we're living in a day of a huge, tremendous outpouring. I have experienced the power of God in my life lately. In a, I mean, I shared this a few weeks ago. I mean, you, as you grow in the Lord, you begin to recognize the Spirit of the Lord, and He begins to show up. You, you recognize Him with you. You can recognize Him with you all day long. You go into your prayer time. You know His presence is there. I mean, it's just a normal thing. But I will just tell you lately, just there's something more thick about the presence of the Lord. It's just there's something different about it. I shared the other day how a couple weeks ago, man, I was just talking on the phone with George, and boom, the Holy Spirit started coming on me. And even after I hung up, this waves of power, and then I was talking to Isle, just waves of power just kept coming over me. And I'm going, man, what in the world is this? I'm not in a church service. I'm not in a prayer meeting. I was just, I'm just talking to people. And the power of God just keeps hitting me. I don't even, I don't, I've never had that happen before. It happened for an hour. And I'm going, I'm not even, I mean, I've been praying and I've been pressing into God for a while 
God, I want more. God, I want more. I want to see you. I want to sit down with you. I want, I want you to, I want to experience that face-to-face thing like Moses had. I want to really be close, right? And I've been wanting to have that and pressing into that, right? So maybe, the, I, don't, I don't even want to say why, I don't know why it happened, but I'm like, man, that's so good. And I'm telling you, God's presence has been so heavy recently. The anointing of God is falling in a greater dimension recently. I hope every one of you is pressing into this and experiencing this. If not, whatever you're looking to, I just want to say, hey, turn around a little bit. You need to just pull away from that and turn to Him if you do. I guarantee you, if you seek Him, you're going to find Him, and it's going to be powerful. Amen? You can have Him if you want Him. You can have more of Him if that's what you want, if that's really what you want. A lot of people say that's what they want, but they don't really want it. Someone said one time, proof of desire is pursuit. If you want it, that means you're going to pursue it. If you're not pursuing it, that means you don't want it. You can say you ought to want it, but that's not the same thing as really wanting it. If you want more of God, you can have it. The proof of you wanting more of God right in this hour is you're pursuing it. Does that make sense? You're going, man, I want more. I believe there is more. Anyway, let's get back here. So, right now, honestly, I believe it's the beginning. I am like, yay, Jesus. I believe just right now is the beginning of what God is going to be doing, you know, that I've been looking forward to. And I believe so many of us have been looking forward to for so many years. I believe that right now is the time. You'd have thought, who would have ever thought it would be right now? Uh, I forgot what percent of churches have just closed because of COVID. I mean... Uh, like 40 or 50% of people that used to go to church don't even go online anymore. I mean, is this, does it look like God's moving? Let me say, that's exactly the time when God's going to move. It's with that little remnant. God says, oh, you thought I was going to use that, and you thought I was going to use that? Look what I'm going to do. Nobody would have ever dreamed it. And there's the people that are hungry for God, that are pressing into God. They don't care about being the cool church. They don't care about being the hip church. They don't, they don't care about being impressed with church. They just want to be impressed with Jesus. And I, <laughs> Man, I just that's what God is all into in this hour. You know, He wants to be worshipped. That's what ought to happen. He wants us to be impressed with Him. And you know, when churches get into a situation where they get this pressure to impress people with them. Why us? You know what I'm saying? It's easy to get into that mode. I'm telling you, it's easy to get there. It's easy to get there. I think I've been there at some dimension, at some level. But I'll just say that needs to all go away because we need to be impressed with Jesus. And when you come out of a church meeting, you need to be talking, and it ought to be, hey, oh, man, did you experience what I did in there? And everybody's talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and how God touched them, not how they were impressed with something else. Are you all with me? Man, I'm telling you right now, God is on the move, and He's going to shake everything that's not of Him because He's going to be what's standing after the whole thing, and whoever's believing in Him and trusting in Him, it's going to be amazing what He does. When the church lets go of everything it's been holding on to, trying to get glory out of, trying to, you know, to to look good, to look cool, to be successful, when it lets go of all of that and says, God, I'd rather have nothing than to have that. I'd rather just have the power of God. Watch what God does then. And He'll let that process happen. He'll let that death happen. And you see, sometimes you've got to go through a process where you say, God, nothing else. God, nothing else in me but Christ. God, nothing wrong in me. God, just what you want to have in me. Let that be what's real in me. And you see, sometimes that doesn't just happen in a one church service. Sometimes you hear that message and you realize, oh man, I got a, I, I'm out of line. <laughs> I'm out of alignment. And you start working on things and you start to go, oh God. And it, sometimes you have to go through a season of God dealing with things, putting things to death that are so alive in you. You don't want to let go of all of them. You're going, yeah, but I don't want to let go of that. I'm going to, now, now this is okay, but you don't even realize it might not be sinful. That if it's a distraction, it's wrong. 
Are y'all with me? Man, God wants you to be free, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of the joy of God. There's nothing greater than have the joy of God. You remember that rich young ruler? You know, Jesus is like, hey, it's, you remember we were talking about this? Where, no, maybe I was doing a Bible study when I shared this. But Anyway, Jesus is saying, hey, leave everything you've got and follow me. And it says in one of the Gospels, it says, before it says Jesus said that, it says Jesus looked at him and loved him and said that. So it's showing what kind of attitude he had when he said that, right? He's going, leave, leave all that. Leave all that and follow me, right? It's a, it's a beckoning. And it says, the rich man goes, I'm a good man. And he's moral, right? He went away sad. And this is the most amazing thing. So many people would be, rather be sad and miserable with their stuff they can't let go of than to be free and go with Jesus. That's a sad thing, right? But what's important? Joy, victory, fullness of God, or having stuff? Are you, I'm not saying having stuff is wrong. I'm just saying you can't be worried about that. You don't need to be, con I mean, praise the Lord that God's going to do all you can to do well. You know, be blessed. You know, make more money than you need and give it all away. I mean, just, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not putting down that. I'm just saying you got to have your right priorities. Now, <clears throat> how is it that people are going to volunteer freely because of the power? How is it people are going to volunteer freely? <laughs> you know why? Because that power is setting them free. The power's come and setting them free. Setting them free from wrong thinking. Setting them free from bondage. Setting them free from inner slavery. Setting them free from blindness. Setting them free from having the wrong vision and pursuing the wrong things that year after year after year, don't you realize that stuff you're pursuing is never going to make a difference in your life? How long do you have to do that before you realize it's not working? Right? And then the Holy Spirit comes and he breaks that blindness off. Oh, wow. The Bible says when God frees you, you are free indeed. Don't just quote that scripture and you're still all in slavery to stuff and whatever else. That means he hasn't indeed set you free. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? The one that the Lord sets free is free indeed. That means you're really free. It's not just something coming off of your mouth. You have experienced it. It goes to the core of your being. You are free. <laughs> Praise God when the Holy Ghost power is poured out. Man, people's lives begin to be transformed. They become free. And not only do they become free, they become strengthened and empowered to walk that walk, to live it out. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes in such an amazing, amazing way. Now, maybe this Holy Spirit move of God is like, you know, that which is to come to bring in that last harvest. I don't know. But if you think about it, the latter rain, uh, that, that in-gathering is going to be huge. It's going to be the Biggest in gathering, the largest ever, right? It's going to be amazing what happens before the Lord Jesus comes back. So we normally hear the negative this and that, but I just want to say there's going to be an amazing outpouring. There's going to be an amazing harvest, an end time harvest. The latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain, R-A-I-N, of the Holy Spirit, right? The rain of God. And what does the rain bring naturally? It brings a harvest. What does the rain bring spiritually? It brings a spiritual harvest, right? And that's exactly what's, that's exactly what's going to happen. And I tell you, I don't know if it's the end time harvest or not, but I fully believe what we're entering into is going to be the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit any of us have ever seen, including those old ones of us that, were, that have seen the, whole, the charismatic revival and all of that. I just think it's going to be amazing. And no flesh is going to glory in this. No you better get out of the way. You better get out of the way. That's going to be one of the big things that all of us who might be preaching or in any kind of leadership just have to remember. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. It's not even about you. Please get out of the way. Right? The Spirit was initially poured out when? Pentecost, right? Do you remember what happened there? Oh, it, it just seemed like crazy. In fact, some people said, they're crazy. And Peter goes, oh, no, they're, they're not crazy. They're not drunk. And uh, actually, they were, they were also, they were saying that, but they were also impressed with what was going on. 
because later Peter goes, you see what's happening? This is for you too and for those far off. You can have this if you want it. That's what Peter told him. All you need to do, repent, come back to God. And this that we're experiencing, you can have it too. But, but what happened? That was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And since that initial outpouring, it had, the, the Spirit of God has been poured out many times. Some think, oh, it just poured out that one time and it's just here. No, yes, that's true. But it's also been poured out many times. There's another verse in Acts chapter 4 that just that soon. There's already another outpouring. And this time, you know, they were all praying God that, you know, this is only two chapters later. And it says the Holy Spirit came, filled the house again. And it says they were all filled again. You see, there are many outpourings of God in the Bible. There are many outpourings of God in history. Acts chapter 10, Peter was just preaching somewhere. And it says he's preaching to a crowd of people. And God just told him to go preach. He didn't even know what he's doing. They're preaching there. And they're listening and they believe. And it says right there, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And they all began to speak in tongues. And so Peter's going, man. And they were Gentiles. Peter didn't even think, he didn't even know if they could be saved. He just had God tell him to go tell him that message. And he's going, man, am I supposed to go talk to We don't even like talking to Gentiles. No, I want you to go. He says, okay. So he goes and preaches. And he brings some other guys with him. Because he's probably going, oh, I don't want to know if I want to go with those Gentiles by myself. He brings some other guys with him. The Holy Spirit falls. They start speaking in tongues. And he goes, God has accepted them. That's amazing. He saw the Holy Spirit move. I mean, it was shocking to Peter what God was doing. But the Holy Spirit fell. All he did was preach in the power of God and the Holy Spirit fell on them. And it was so obvious that the Holy Spirit had come. And by the way, I just want to say this. It is obvious. It is obvious when the Holy Spirit is full. It is not like, mm, I think the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is full, when the Holy Spirit is moving, it is obvious. You don't have to wonder about it. Or is the Holy Spirit, well, maybe it was there. Well, maybe, maybe sometimes it, may happen in a subtle way. I'm not saying it never happens subtly, but I'm just saying there are going to be so many non-subtle things, it's going to be obvious too. Amen? So, and then there's Acts chapter 8. There's another time. These people got saved. And uh, it says they got saved, they believed, and yet they still did not have the Holy Spirit. How did they know that? How do you know they didn't have the Holy Spirit after they got saved? Think about that. And then it says they brought some people down to go pray for them so that the people who are already saved could get the Holy Spirit in their lives, right? So they bring these people down and they pray for them. And then it says this, which is such an interesting expression that's a few times in the Bible. The, then the whole, it, says, it says, before they came, the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. Fallen on them. There's a picture that that presents to me. When you say the Holy Spirit has not yet fallen you, you think about, boom, right, don't you? So what happened when, I believe it, who was it that came? I think it was Peter and John. Maybe I'm wrong. When they come and they're the ones praying for, the, for these people that had already been saved, the Holy Spirit fell on them. They individually received, but there was a coming upon the whole group. It fell upon them there. Man, what an amazing thing. I'm just looking forward. I'm already just sensing God in a, an amazing way. And I'm just saying, I can't wait until we can all say, oh, the Holy Spirit fell on our church. The Holy Spirit fell in our city. Amen. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And it's all of God. And this is how God does things. You've got to get a vision of it so you can line up with it. Amen. And then, and then you go, Acts 19. Paul is going in the city. He's going and telling people about God and he meets some believers. In Acts chapter 19, he meets some believers and he goes, hey, have you guys been baptized? Uh, yeah, we got baptized by John the Baptist. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. You need to get baptized. If you believe, you need to get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Can't wait to pray for you, right? Isn't that what's going on? <laughs> So Paul's like, yes, oh, yes, I love doing this. And then it says he baptized them. Then he prayed for them. It says he laid his hands on them. And then it says, then they spoke in tongues and 
prophesied. You know, you know what it says is going to happen when the Holy Spirit is poured out? It says that there are a few things that are going to happen, right? It says people are going to prophesy. And by the way, he, in the little verse in Joel, when it's talking about the Holy Spirit and what happens when He's poured out, it says upon men and women, men and women, on everybody, they're going to prophesy. They're going to have prophetic visions. They're going to see things by God. And we're not just talking about prophets. We're talking about people that have the Holy Spirit. And it says servants, servants, people that are serving God. God is just saying there, those that are serving the Lord, when the Spirit is poured out, they are going to prophesy. That's giving utterances by God. No, it's not going to be scriptures. Anyway, utterances from God. And what else is going to happen? There are going to be visions. They are going to see things by God. Not natural things. This isn't just talking about insight only. You see something by God. And he says so many other things. They're going to dream prophetic dreams. God's going to speak to them so clearly. The greater the intensity of the outpouring, the more this happens everywhere. Everybody begins to prophesy. Everybody begins, and it, you know, people are like just jumping in, they're jumping in the river, right? They're just jumping in. Everybody begins to have dreams. You come to church, one person had a dream. Another person got an insight in the scripture. Another person bubbles up with a song. You see, that's what church can be. It's that life that comes from everybody who's filled with the Holy Ghost. Not just out of the preacher and out of the worship leader and out of a few others that have been praying through the week. It's everybody because everybody in church ought to be putting God first and seeking Him. I am telling you, there is nothing better than to, than to seek God with all your heart. Before I got into ministry, so to speak, I mean, I could say I was in ministry before I was in ministry. But I wasn't going, oh man, uh, you know, I need to do this first. I had a business. Sometimes I was so busy, I had to sleep in the business and get up early the next morning and go to work again. But um, man, I was, I was, man, I, I wouldn't miss a prayer meeting. Um, and sometimes back then, prayer meetings, they'd start, you know, whenever, and they would finish who knows when. Sometimes one in the morning, two in the morning. I mean, you don't know how long you're going to be there. And guess what? We didn't go, oh, we have a new child. We can't go out. We got a baby. We need to stay at home. No, we brought our children and let them sleep in the back in the little carrying thing, right? I mean, when, I mean, today a child is born. You don't get to see him for six months because I don't know why. Because, And that was even before COVID came out. Oh, we have a new baby. Oh, okay. We love to see him. Uh, okay, well, wait just a few more months, like a half a year or so, we'll, we'll bring them out in public and let people look at them. Man, we had our children, man, they, they were, I'm telling you, they're like super just recently born. They'd be in the back during the prayer meeting or whatever in their little carrying case. What do you call that thing? Whatever. So, well, they'd be back there asleep. It didn't bother them. I just have to believe maybe God honored that, you know, for them. Anyway. So, in Acts chapter 19, man, these people get filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to say, Paul is emphasizing the importance of, man, this needs to be everywhere. This Holy Spirit stuff is important. Everywhere we go, it's not just about people being saved. It's about them having the Holy Spirit. It's about them being so filled with God and the same fire that they got initially when that fire came upon them. Because God said the Holy Spirit and fire came upon them. You see, if you're missing out on the Holy Spirit, you're missing out on the fire. And that fire burns up everything that's not of God. That fire is a powerful, glorious zeal of God. Anyway, so Paul's got, man, you got to have this. And they didn't go, oh, we don't believe in that. I mean, just imagine. And oh, we don't want that. They never heard about it before. They didn't have to go home. They didn't have to read a theology book. They didn't have to go, oh, let me go check. They hear about it and they're like, oh, we want that. Okay. He prays for, he baptizes them, he prays for them, and they go on their way. But now they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they're rejoicing and jumping up and down and going, guys, can you believe, can you believe what happened? They were serving God, doing the best they knew how, 
God gave him a vision. There's a vision. There's more. There's more if you guys want it. There's more if you guys want it. And those guys go, oh, we want it. And I can tell a lot of people, maybe you've been prayed for. Maybe you speak in tongues. There's more for you. Maybe you got it and you thought, well, I got all of it. No, life's not about that. You've got to understand something. Life is a, it's like the, the whole thing about life is a pursuit. It's a pursuit of God. It's a pursuit of more. You can't ever back up. You can't start, you think, you can't start going, oh, Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it yesterday. Well, how about today? Did you get it again today? Are you still pressing it? I mean, once you get it, just keep getting it. Just keep going forward. That's the way life is supposed to be. Do you feel like you're at a lull? Keep pressing in. There's a breakthrough for you if you just keep pressing on. God will show up and He will show you who He is. Anyway, Acts 13, it says, the disciples were continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 13, 52. They were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. It was a continual thing. It was happening all the time. And I tell you right now, I mean, particularly right now, I mean, I'm just looking forward to being filled with the Holy Spirit every day. I'm just being, I look forward when I go to my prayer time, I'm just like expecting God to meet with me and I want more of Him Today, I will like, God, I want you to meet with me in a greater dimension today than you did yesterday. Now, I'll tell you, it's not like that every time. Sometimes God begins to speak to me or deal with me on some things, and it, it might be a different kind of experience, but I'm always wanting, God, I want more of you today. I want more of you today. This is what life's all about. Okay, so now, in modern history, um, I'm not even out of my introduction. That's just so fun. In modern history, in 1906, which is sort of modern, right? So what I've been doing here, I have, I've been going through, uh, you know, some of the, what's in the Bible about some of the outpourings of the Spirit. So God poured out there. God poured out there. It's not like God poured out and go, okay, what are y'all going to do with that, right? God poured out, boom. God poured out, boom. These are necessary outpourings of God. That's the way this thing works. It's people in the earth pulling on heaven, bringing that into the earth through their prayers. Even on Pentecost, God had His disciples praying, believing God, pulling on the promise that they had been given. And yes, He had them ready. And guess what? The outpouring came as they were pulling on God. Remember, they were in that upper room. They were praying, oh God. He said, wait, wait, wait till that happens. They're pulling on it till it happens. Anyway, so... We're looking at how that happened in the Bible in those first years. And then if you go through the history of time, you'll see where there were outpourings at other times in the history. And if you go to 1906, there was a, an amazing outpouring. It looked like things had all dried up. And there was a man by the name of William Seymour. Some other things had been happening, and he'd begin to hear where some people have been believing God for the Holy Spirit. And he heard the message and he believed. And he goes and he's, um, he goes back to, actually he heard it in Houston, Texas, I believe. Somebody goes, yep. So he goes back to California and he starts seeking God. And he's just seeking God. God, I want that Holy Spirit. I believe there's more. I believe there's more. God, I want that Holy Spirit. God, I want to speak in tongues. God, I want to bubble up like that. God, I want everything you've got. And he began to pray, and other, begin, other men began to pray with him for the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the, 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 um, the history says they were sitting somewhere one day. I guess, I mean, they had been praying intensely for a season. They were sitting somewhere one day together, and it says that the power of God, the way it was described, hit them like lightning. Now, I've been hit by electricity, and that didn't feel good. But I can also, I've also had an experience with God where I could say it was like electricity went through me, but it felt real good. Okay? They said it was like lightning hit them, and they fell off their chairs. All, um, you know. And so uh, from that day, I think that was, I remember it's April the 9th, right? Um, 2000, uh, excuse me, 1906. And from that day, um, miracles began to happen. People got healed. 
Um, there, there were amazing miracles. People began to get saved like crazy. Um, they first started to grow out of that house, and I think there were like a couple hundred began to come to the prayer meeting initially. Then they bought this, or they got this stable. It's a, it was like a dilapidated building. And you know what? You see, look what God can use. I think God likes excellence, and we could say, hey, we need, and maybe that's what God's going to do. I think we should shoot for that. But guess what? God didn't have to do that if he doesn't want to. And if God wants to use a stable to, to bring his son to earth in or to bring the revival in, let it happen that way. Only people that are willing to get to the stable are going to get the revival. Are y'all with me? The ones who aren't willing to go to that stable, <laughs> they're going to miss out. So here he goes. They get this old stable, this old building, and they're, they're going. <laughs> they start church there. And God begins to move. And like I said, miracles are happening. Bonafide healings are happening. It's so powerful. People hear about it from all over the world. And people come to America from all over the world just to go to this church. And it's 1906. And this is an African-American man. And I would just want to mention this because of the age we're in right now. When... Think about the racial tensions back then. This is an African-American man. God fell on him. The power of God's there. Nobody cares what color anybody is. Everybody's coming from everywhere to be a part of this. And it's amazing what's going on. And this man, by the way, ended up many consider him as like the father of the whole Pentecostal movement, the Pentecostal church, the Pentecostal holiness, the, all, the care, all the, through the charismatic, everything sort of goes back to what, what happened there on Azusa Street. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, what a move of God there. And the reason why I want to just bring that up, not only to recognize that um, God is still pouring out His Spirit today for those that will seek it and those that want more, but the man, you remember, you remember that I said earlier, the Bible says when the Holy Spirit's poured out, people will prophesy. Well, he prophesied before he died. I don't know. Of course, before he died, right? And um, he died in he died in 1922. Was 99 years ago, and I don't know what year he prophesied this prophecy, but he said that he saw around a hundred years from where he was. Which, again, they experienced the glory cloud. In fact, this is the crazy thing. William Seymour. And look how, I mean, could you imagine me doing this? William Seymour, because of the glory, and he did not want it for himself. He, he was afraid to take credit for what's happening. He preached sometimes with a bag over his head. <laughs> anyway, this man go, I mean, they were experiencing the glory of God. And he said, I see in the future around 100 years from now, there's going to be a greater outpouring than what we have right now. And it's going to be a greater, he called, they use the term Shekinah glory. That's like the glory that's obvious and present. And you can see the glory. Wow. Praise God. I hope he was in the Holy Ghost that day when he said that. But God used him in such an amazing way. I'm like, may that be true. May that be true. So, you know, we could ask the question. And I need to round up here before I get started, but. What should we be doing right now? I'll just mention these briefly. What should we be doing right now? The number one thing is by no question about it, it's drawing near to God. Right now, it's like, don't just start doing stuff because we have to get lined up right now. Don't just run ahead. Yes, we're going to do a lot of stuff. We've got to do a lot of stuff. But God's like, I want you to come to me. I want you to yearn for me. I want you to ask for more of me. I want you to cultivate your desire for me. I want you to cultivate your heart and start pulling out some of the weeds that have been hindering you from going forward. The things that I want you to start, stop eating junk food, which is filling you up, and you don't want to eat real food that I want to give you. I want, to, I want you to start working on things and dealing with things in your life and getting your life straight with me because I definitely want to pour things out. And God's not mad. You understand what I'm saying? God's like, he's beckoning, just like he did that rich young ruler that he loved. He said, come on, come on. Oh, man, there's something so good for you on the other side if you just let go of what you're doing. 
Any of y'all ever been around somebody and it's so clear to you if they'd stop the crazy things they're doing, their life would be a whole lot better. And they're just in the most crazy mindset ever. I mean, I could think a few are coming to mind, but maybe they're watching today, so I better not, better not share. So, you know, and that's the way God is with us. He's going, man, if they just would see, if they just let go of that stupid this or that, he's, he beckons, come on, come on. There's more, just better than what you're running after. It's better. Come on. And so, so what happens? He begins to plant that in us, and we begin to deal with things. Now, sometimes, and I love, and I'm hoping this has happened today, today, there are those moments when we have a radical, oh, I need to make a decision and turn. And praise God, that's major. That's the major thing right there. And it can happen in the day. Remember, Peter was preaching. They, re, they got the Holy Spirit right then. But I believe right now there are so many religious people, so many people been in the church and they've allowed the world to put roots down in their soul. And they have embraced certain things that have become like strongholds in their minds. And so in a lot of people, God is dealing with those strongholds and he's going to have to uproot some things that you've allowed to grow in your heart, that you have embraced, that you have excused. Uh, you see, those are the kind of things God just wants to get in there and just say, okay, I'm going to pull this up. And you'll start to feel the tug of that. If you ignore that tug, you're going to go back to the same life you had that still has not produced fruit this whole time. Are y'all with me? God says, when I tug, you let go. And I'll uproot it. But you got to be willing to say, God, I let go. Let it come out. Oh, it'll feel so good when it's out. And you'll feel so free when it's out. But see, that's what God's doing in his people right now. He's like, you see this one thing about bringing somebody who doesn't know anything, but it's something different about those that have allowed strongholds and wrong thinking to get planted and just rooted deep down on the inside of them. That needs to get uprooted with such power and force. And you've got to spend time and you've got to plow that ground. The Bible says plow up that fallow ground. What's fallow ground? Ground that has been plowed in the past, but it's been hard. I grew up and it become, has become hard. I grew up in the country and I know exactly what that is. I grew up in farmland. I mean, there were just a few hundred people in the town I grew up in. I mean, think about that. Al asked me questions about it all the time, like I lived about 500 years ago. Hey, was it, was it like this? Was it like that? Man, was it like this? My wife grew up in a town of 18 million at the time. And I grew up in a town of just a handful of people. But anyway, I can remember you go out into the field and where it had been plowed and the dirt had once been soft, it was doubly hard. I mean, it was boop, boop. It's amazing how that, that plowed up ground could become more hard than regular soil. And what it's saying is that's happened to so many people today. They've known God. They've, they've experienced things, but the soil of their heart is actually more hard than ground that's never been tilled because of certain things they've been through, because of mindsets that they've embraced, because of patterns of life they have excused and, and things that, they, that they've gotten into. You, you see, and God's like, break up your fallow ground. Let that stuff get broken up so that there can be a place for the seed of the Word of God to take root in you and grow again and produce fruit again and to make you what you've been called to be, where you can fulfill what you've been called to do in life again. That's exactly what God wants to do. Praise God. So we have to spend time with Him. And I can guarantee you the more time you spend with God, the more you're going to know Him. You're going to say, now, what about when I know him fully and I get to the end of all of that? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're, there's always going to be more. And this next season. Now think about this for yourself and for the church. This next season that's coming will only come in the right way where you're supposed to be through Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you're going to have to go through him to get there. You're going to have to connect with Him. It's going to have to be one-on-one, -on -one, one in one right? He is the door to the next season. He is the key to the next season. And He is the next season. It is amazing what He's just saying right now. Jesus is the only way 
for you to get to your next God-ordained season. You can't get there any other way. And Jesus is the only way for the church to get to its next season. There's no other way to get there just through Jesus. We can't do it through having a better cart. Y'all remember that story? I won't get into it. We can't, uh, uh, we can't have new methods. Oh, I got a new method. You know what? When God says do it this way, it's not going to fail. But the primary thing is not do this. The primary thing is this first. Y'all remember? I like that verse in Mark where, G- where it says, Jesus called 12 that they might be with him, that he might send them out. See, that is a divine order in Scripture. That they might be with him. This had to be first. That flow, that everyday life they were getting from Christ every day. And when they're questions, they're talking, they're feeding on what he's saying. This first, and then I'm going to send you out. And then you've got to come back. And, then this, and it, you know, it's going to be like this the whole time. And what did he tell them? Abide in me. Abide in me. And you're going to produce fruit. It's just going to come out of you. Because this is happening. What does abide mean? Oh, it means something very, very alive, active, real. It's not like, oh, I'm abiding in Christ. How are you doing that? I go to church every Sunday. I pray for my food. No, it's all the time. And you're staying there. You wake up in the morning and you say, good morning, Jesus. Yay, what have you got for me today? I can't wait until we talk. I can't wait to hear what you're saying today. Maybe you wake up and you say, thank you for that amazing dream, God. Oh, that was so wonderful. And you talk about that, you know, but it's an all-day thing. Abiding is like, oh, he's with me all the time. He's with me. You don't go to work and then you start acting differently because Jesus isn't with you there, right? No, you're the same all the time because he's with you and you're aware of it. Right. And you're going to want to please him wherever you are, how whatever you're saying, whatever's coming out of your mouth, however you're acting. If you're abiding in Jesus, you don't have some other kind of other situation where he's not there. Then are you you see what I'm saying? God all the time. You know what? I'm telling you, there's such victory in that. If people just learn how to stay there, man, it's amazing. And it's made it's given to us. Okay, so he says that um, another thing. I've mentioned this. You got to have the strength of God in you. We've talked about that, but there's a real strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. There's a verse that says um, where where Paul's going, okay, I want you to be strengthened with power. Strengthened with the mighty power of God. Now, think about that. Strengthened. there, There are two concepts there. You're being made strong and you're also being empowered. It's not just resolve. It's a substance that's come to you from God of strength. It's not your strength. It's not simply resolve. It's beyond resolve. Are y'all, y'all with me? Now, I like resolve, but resolve won't get it done. It's got to go to something else. You have to have resolve to go seek God, but you've got to seek God and you've got to get something from him. You've got to obtain something from God. He promised he'd give it to you, so you don't have to worry about it. All you have to do is go through the process of seeking him to get it. Is that not right? So he says, seek me. Seek his power and his strength, his presence, what you need. And, uh, you know, to go where we're going to have to go. You see, a lot of people think when revival comes, it's just jumping up and down and, oh, everything's so easy. No, no. you get more resistance than you could imagine when revival falls. I've been in kinds of revival and everybody think it's clean. No, there's some of the messiest things you could imagine. Crazy things are happening all over the place. And you go, man, I didn't think revival was going to be like this. Yes, it is. There, and anytime there's an advancement, there is resistance. And there are people that will be filled with the devil come up right in the middle of the ones filled with God. And you just hope they get set free, but they can cause trouble and, and things can happen. Right. And I just want to say you've got to receive strength from that power now for the journey that's in front of us. Because it's going to be an amazing journey, but you've got to be strong there too. Amen? And uh, lastly, I just, I just mentioned, we've got to take this to other people. You've got to take this. You know, this is supposed to be contagious. When you get something, you take it somewhere. Peter, you've been strengthened. Now you go strengthen them with what I'm going to give you. 
So what he had, he was able to take somewhere else. I love that about God, you see, because one person's breakthrough can be another person's breakthrough in various ways, right? What happened with David? David, David, they're all, they're all like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Um, you know, it was one of those days when God was moving, right? They lost everything. <laughs> they lost everything. Their homes were burned, children taken, wives taken, all of that. And guess what? David just pulls away because he goes, if I don't, I think the reason why he did it was absolute need. If I don't do this, I'm going to die today. They're all talking about killing me because they think it's my responsibility. So, but then he goes, but I know if I go to God, there's hope in God. I can get help in God. And when he went to go pray, he took the initiative. God met with him and he was strengthened in an amazing way. He took the initiative. He strengthened himself. That means that he did what was necessary to get the strength of God inside of him. And then he comes out and all of those men who are ready to kill him, just like that, what came out of him to those men caused all of them to turn around and start running with him to go to the next season that God had for them. That's an, it's an amazing thing. So we have to share what we've got and bring others into that season. I'll just stop right there. So I'm going to pray for you. I just want to believe God to touch your life in this season. Father, right now, I just pray uh, the presence of God in this room. I pray the power of God in this room. I pray the power of God online and everyone listening today. God, I pray for a tangible coming of the Holy Spirit uh, for whatever is needed. Some people need you to deal with them. Some people, God, uh, need you to work in their conscience. Other people, God, they need they need you to deal with some stronghold. Uh, maybe it's shame. Maybe it, they haven't forgiven themselves. God, it can be so many things. Other people, God, need vision. Other people need a realigning. They need to be able to recognize that they're not aligned. And there needs to be a conviction of, I need to prioritize God in my life. And I need to go in the right direction in my life. Father, I just pray for whatever need is there today. Some are not walking with God at all. Some have walked away from God. And, and they know they're not walking with the Lord. God, I just pray right now for the breakthrough power of God to come on everybody that's hearing this and people that they are also believing for. I'm believing for the miracle power of God right now in Jesus' name. God, fall on everyone. God, convict everyone. God, bring everybody to truth today. God, clear up confused minds today. God, where there has been blindness, spiritual blindness, spiritual misdirection, God, clear that up today in Jesus' name and bring the truth of God there. God, let your truth shine. May your truth break into the lies and may your truth set people free today. In the name of Jesus, I release the Holy Spirit power today wherever you are. Receive the power of God. Receive the freedom of God. Come out of where you are. And Satan, in Jesus' name, I command you, take your hands off of them now and I break your power in Jesus' name. I command you off of their life today. In Jesus' name. Now I want to encourage every one of you, wherever you are, you need to recognize you are now on a journey. It's not like, oh, something happened today. Okay. Praise God for that. I'm in agreement with that. Now walk it out. Let it grow. Let it be stronger. And for those of you that can, be here next week. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.